Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our guests this semester, Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell. Well, we've reached the end of our spring Bible study. All that matters, walk worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon, and what a rich semester it has been in God's Word. This week, we saw a plea for forgiveness and restoration in Paul's letter to Philemon. Though forgiveness is not always easy for us to extend, it is the gospel in a nutshell. You're listening to The Afterword. Peggy and Leslie, wow, thank you. You guys have been amazing this semester. Thank you for the wealth of wisdom that you've both been willing to share. And the conversations that I've had with mm-hmm. women outside that listen to The Afterword is so much scripture flows out of their mouth. So yes. thank you for how saturated your lives are in the Word of God. We Thank you all for the opportunity. I've just been humbled and honored to sit with y'all and it's learn from so all of you. Fun. So. so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're really going to explore today in our brief time together, so we're not be able to cover it <laughs> fully, but let's begin to talk about what forgiveness and restoration look like. And of course, we saw it today in the letter to Philemon, and Paul was mm-hmm. literally raising the bar. He was holding Philemon to the mm-hmm. standard of Christ-likeness in his relationship and extension of forgiveness to Onesimus. So how can we as believers use this as a model in our own lives? I think we have to have an understanding that God loves us and he wants to flourish us. And Mm. I'm talking about inward flourishing. And his word is for that also. And so when he tells us to do something or not do something, it's not because he's mad at us or holding out on us. It's to flourish us. He's trying to show Mm. us the pathway. So when he says to forgive. We are to forgive other people. That is a command, not a suggestion. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, and it's for our flourishing. But it does flourish us. I mean, it sets us free. Our pastor explains this better than anybody I know about forgiveness, that when we don't forgive, we are imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. we forgive, we set ourselves free. And exactly. so that's great. But any doctor will tell you that mm-hmm. it will affect your mental health. It will affect mm-hmm. your physical health. It eats away mm, at that's us. Right. But that's not the best reason. The best <laughs> reason is to honor and glorify God, yes. to exhibit his character and to exhibit, mm. I really know him and I'm wanting to live for him. That's right. why we want to do it. Right. It's not easy. <laughs> right. No, it isn't because our flesh screams against it. Even though we know the Bible's very clear. In fact, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And so when I've talked with women and they've had very difficult things to choose forgiveness for, painful things, I've told them, you know what, at first you don't do it because you feel like doing it. You're doing it out of obedience and knowing you're going to be healthier, more whole on the other side. So you do it ultimately because God commands it, but also because you want to be forgiven. (laughs) There's an ulterior motive. I want to be forgiven. So I'm going to choose forgiveness. But he tells us that because unforgiveness will destroy us. It eats us up from the inside out. Mm. Yes. But, you know, that's why he says, give us today our daily bread. Sometimes forgiveness is not a one and done deal. Like it's a wake up the next morning and God, Mm -hmm. I need you to give me what I need today Mm -hmm. as my daily bread. And, you know, I read a quote, which is so true, but we're never more like Jesus than when we learn to forgive people. And I think it's more of a marathon and not a sprint. You know, you're learning, you're growing. You are saying, as Peggy was just saying, I release you from my prison that Mm -hmm. I'm holding you, you know, and then you're set free also from that. And I think we all have to learn the beauty of forgiveness because you can walk in freedom. You just walk in freedom. And that right there, there's nothing 
better than the freedom. Well, if you we receive. choose unforgiveness, we obviously don't have an understanding of how much we've been forgiven. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> Forgiven people forgive. But Leslie, to your point, forgiveness can be yes a process yes. that we have to walk through. I am. Um, had somebody just make a side comment about something yesterday that had been a wound a few years ago for me that I really had to walk through the process of forgiveness and haven't thought about it probably in a few months, really haven't thought much about it. But when the person mentioned it, that I, thought, seed. I, mm-hmm. I thought, I have a choice to make. Yes. And I've already forgiven. And just like that. And I went, okay, Lord, I guess I really have forgiven because I didn't feel that heaviness. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that burden. I didn't feel that emotion that comes with a wound. Yes. It was like, oh, I've got something else I need to go do. I mean, it, was, it was just like, it was, you know, but that's when you know. But yes. it is a process. It and is. And the situation when I walked through, it was a process. It did not happen overnight. But I'm grateful to the Lord. Peggy, what do you think some of the reasons are that women fail to forgive? Because I know Bill was in biblical counseling for several years, and he would come home and just sometimes the most gut-wrenching things that he would deal with was when someone would forget. And it was usually the woman. The woman refused mm. to forget. I just can't forgive. Haven't you been forgiven? And he said, you know, I don't know what you do when somebody refuses to forgive. And I know you've had situations that you've dealt with like that. Well, it is hard, but if someone flat out doesn't want to. Now, Elizabeth Elliott used to say, can you do it for Jesus' sake? I thought, no. yeah, I can do that. I can't do it for theirs, but I can do it for right. Jesus' sake. Yeah. But sometimes I just wonder if they've ever really received God's forgiveness themselves. Like, do they really know him? And Mm. I'll check that out. Or as you said, they've forgotten what that's like. But I just talked to a young woman recently and she said, Peggy, I have prayed and prayed and prayed asking for God to help me forgive this person. And I said, that's great, but you've got to participate in your own prayer. It's not like fairy dust, like bam, you know, I wish it were sometimes, you know. But I said, "You, what does the Bible say? We have one enemy. That's not enemy. Mm -hmm. That's enemy-like behavior. What does the Bible say to do to people who are acting like enemies? And she goes, oh, no. (laughs) You pray for them. You love them. Mm, You bless them and not curse them. Like you speak well of them. You don't speak ill of them. And Mm -hmm. you do good to them. Mm And I say, when you start practicing that and asking God to help you, and the blast part's really good, God, give me a creative way to do good to that person, Mm -hmm. then you get on the winning side, and I think you are participating in your own prayer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. So how do we break that down for someone who comes to us with a deep wound? They're really hurting, and you've given some practical steps. Would you say the first thing would be to start praying for that person, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. against them, but for them? Yes. (laughs) Yes, and then choosing, okay, I want to choose to love my enemies. So one of the ways that I can serve that person to show love Think of a creative way to do that, to Mm -hmm. meet a need, to speak well of them, which goes against every fiber of our flesh, right? Which means that leads us to death to the flesh Mm -hmm. so that we can obey Christ. And that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of that because God has given us that command, as you said, when we opened for our Mm well-being, for our own flourishing. Mm -hmm. You know, unforgiveness takes up space in us and it blocks us. It blocks us. I don't think... A person in unforgiveness, I don't think they can really feel the love of God. Now, they have it, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they can really feel it. And I don't think they can truly love other people. I mean, you can't say I'm unforgiving over here, but I'm going to love over here. I think it's polluted. I really Mm -hmm. do. So to remove that 
in that space, remove unforgiveness and put love back there. Mm-hmm. You just have to walk through somebody like that, but just to give them freedom, the freedom that you were saying that you mm-hmm. felt, there is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we experience God in a deeper way when we let him come into our hearts. Right. And so when I choose to not forgive, I'm choosing, okay, God, I'm not going to let you reveal yourself to me in that very place and minister to me and grow mm-hmm. me there. Yeah. Well, the point you made about it's not fairy dust by just mm-hmm. praying, God, help me to choose forgiveness. It's kind of like taking thoughts captive. So when those thoughts of unforgiveness come in, you've got to refuse those and instead say, Lord, I'm going to love my enemy. Lord, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. You will bless mm-hmm. this person. So you're changing it, but you have to do it. I was actually praying with someone one day and they said, Lord, take my thoughts captive to the obedience <laughs> of Christ. I said, no, that's not what he said. He said, we have to take mm-hmm. them. We take mm-hmm. them captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So we have to take those steps of obedience that are sometimes so painful. Leslie, how have you seen this kind of flesh itself out? You know, I think, I was thinking actually, Dana, of something you said years ago when you were teaching in college ministry, and it's wow. always stuck with me. Oh. I know, I know, that was a while back. But honestly, I think so much of it is a choice, and what are we doing with the wounds? Because you made a statement, and I just remember thinking, because you said, instead of taking them to the Lord, we take them to friends that will mm-hmm. just make that, like, mm-hmm. will you lick my womb? Will you yes. lick my womb? Will you make it, you know, instead of constantly Mm -hmm. like taking his Lord and he says come to me all you who are weary you know and I'll give you rest and that can be weary from the unforgiveness but it's easier for people to somebody who's hurt them and have them fan the flame and so really constantly taking that back to the Lord or taking that to somebody who's spiritually mature and will not fan the flame but will point you back to Jesus yes I was reading in Psalm chapter 130 starting verse 3 it says if you O Lord had kept a record of sins O Lord, who could stand? But Mm. with you, there is forgiveness. Therefore, you Mm. are feared. We have a tendency to keep a record of all the wrongs. Yes, we do. We just keep us from being like Jesus. One moment. How many wives listening to us today have kept a record? I'm guilty. I'm raising my hand. Oh, me too. And (laughs) there would be times early in our marriage where Steve would do something that, for me, would be kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, and I would unroll the list like it would just come out, and he would look at me just like a deer in a headlights, (laughs) thinking like. Is this recorded somewhere? How do you know all this? I said, yes, and men tend re- to forget it. It has been They're recorded in my mind, and I have been rehearsing it over and over until the appropriate time to lay it all out on you. Yeah. How ugly is that? It's embarrassing to even think I did that. Oh, well, from my a- mind works that way, too. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like, from a practical point of view, I just wrote down a couple of things. When I'm walking through something like what mm-hmm. I just mentioned earlier, what I tell myself in taking thoughts captive, I will no longer allow myself to dwell on this incident. Mm -hmm. Right, the dwelling. Then I will not allow words to come out of my mouth about the incident. I will not bring it up to the person. I'm not going to talk to others about it. Yes, yeah. And it's amazing when you do not fan the flame. I was thinking the same thing, yes. That all of a sudden it just begins to die down and you don't give the enemy anything to work with. A foothold, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, and then when we were doing that, all of a sudden, like we've talked about several times lately, the relationship truly is bigger than the problem ever was. And you go on. Well, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter, and the whole beauty of the cross is our debts, our sins are canceled Mm. by Christ on the cross. And we have to appropriate that personally 
for each of us. So when we forgive someone, we're actually canceling their debt that we feel that they owe us. And that is the kind of cancel culture I want to be a part of. You You know, that's what, (laughs) what a beautiful thing if we would just let it go as into God and let God do his perfect work. Now we've got to be close to the Lord. I mean, I don't think it's going to be automatic. All those broken places, he wants to fill them with himself Mm -hmm. and his word. Mm -hmm. And if we will allow that, it will make us so much stronger, grow us through that, Mm -hmm. give us a platform to minister to others. Yeah, that's beautiful. It made me think of, Dana, when you were speaking of Ephesians 4.29, letting words come out. You're not going to talk about it. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So mm. if we're allowing those kind of words to come out, we're grieving, mm. we're quenching mm. the flow of the Holy Spirit in us by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, which are all fruit of unforgiveness, <laughs> right. be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, mm. forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Pretty much sums it up. Mm. Mm. Well, and I like to tell people, just because you're forgiving them, that does not mean you trust them again. That's got to be built. That is not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I've heard, you know, and I don't counsel men, we couples with couples, but a man will say, well, she said she forgave me, but she doesn't trust me. I go, well, you got to build that. You got to build that back up. That's right. So Romans 12 18 yes. says, One if, of my possible, if possible, <laughs> yes. so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And it goes on to say, never take your own mm. revenge, beloved, but mm. leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance of mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And that leave mm. room means make a space for. Right. Mm. So that space is for God. If I'm putting in that space unforgiveness, I am limiting God's ability to do something with that and to take care of it for me in the way that he does. And it goes on to say, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. In so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm. That is such a powerful statement. Because the good is the love of God. That's what we're overcoming the evil with. And that's Mm. what Jesus overcame our own evil with, Mm. was Mm. his love demonstrated on the cross. So not only are we never more like Jesus than when we're forgiving, we're never more like Jesus than when we're loving mm-hmm. and we're willing to lay down our life for somebody else, which means I'm not going to be offended. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take into account a wrong suffered and say I'm going to be patient and kind mm-hmm. and gracious. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, as you're talking about, you know, the cross and mm-hmm. all of the suffering and all of that, but I was first Peter chapter two. These have been verses I've been kind of sitting in here lately too, but it says to this, you are called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps, he committed no sin and no deceit was in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges Amen. justly. And this is the one I just had Ronnie to put on a little plaque for me to put up for Easter. But it said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. Mm -hmm. And by his wounds, we are healed. And that's where the healing comes from. Are we going to be hurt? We are always going to be hurt. We live in a broken world. And, you know, forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation because that takes two people. But you can forgive and know that the Lord will make room Mm -hmm. for that. As far as it depends about, on me, yeah, I'm, as far as it depends on me. I'm at yes. peace in my heart. I've chosen forgiveness, mm-hmm. whether the other person does or not, is Absolutely. between them yes. and the Lord. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. 
And we desire reconciliation because Absolutely. we're called to it. Absolutely. As we model mm. Christ, but we can't mm. make another person reconcile or choose mm. forgiveness. Mm. Yeah. So we have to release them to the Lord. Now, one of my favorite Corey Timboon stories is she was really struggling with forgiveness. And she tells Love that it. she just went through a really hard time of not being able to forgive someone. And so she went and she sought counsel from a pastor and the pastor took her out to the front of the church and he pointed up to the belfry and he said, do you see that bell up there? And she said, yeah, I see that bell. And he said, you know, when I go out there and I pull on the rope, the bell rings and it rings. And if I keep pulling the bell, the bell will keep ringing. But if I let go of the rope, eventually the bell will stop ringing. And said, Corey, that's what you've got to do. You've just got to let go of the rope. Don't keep bringing it back up. Don't keep That's letting good. it. Do not let it move in to your heart. Don't let it sit on the throne of your heart. Don't let that person sit on, deal with you. We cannot always fix the other person, but we are responsible for fixing ourselves. And, and praying for that. And person. praying for the other person, <laughs> yes. yes. But letting go of the rope. Yes. I was talking to a young woman just after Bible study mm -hmm. this morning, and she said, you know, the Lord's been convicting her that she's been trying to change her husband. Instead of changing her husband, the God's saying, I need to change you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's, oh, that was tough. And as I began praying and asking the Lord to change me and I released my husband, I'm seeing God work on his heart now that she's gotten out of the way. And that's so true because that's another thing unforgiveness does. It puts mm -hmm. us between that person and yes. God. And once we choose forgiveness, we release them to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's free to move mm -hmm. and convict and mm -hmm. deal with them as well. Yeah. Well, in counseling, we do a lot of things called reframing. Like we'll take the situation that they have and then according to God's word, reframe that thing of how we can do it. Mm. I've been doing something really fun a couple of weeks ago. So with the book that we're all reading, Craig Rochelle, Winning More mm. Your Mind, he does a new term that I had never heard. I do this, but I didn't know if that's a term, preframe. Yes. And um, I thought, what if I could do that with forgiveness? Because Jesus has done that with us. Like mm. he forgives us before we ever yes. ask or whatever. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice that. So in the morning, I've been like just rehearsing. God, I've forgiven. I'm forgiven so much. I'm going to be a forgiver today. If you're around any kind of people <laughs> in your home or your work sure. or whatever, somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to offend you. I thought, I'm not going to wait to decide. I'm just going to decide now. So I've been pre-framing my I days. Like that. Wow. Yes. And like that. it has been so much fun. Like people say, no, no, nope. because <laughs> I'm already there. Yes. And I want to practice that and get really good at that. Mm -hmm. Basically, oh. you're pre-framing your day for joy, yes. not yes. for unforgiveness. And, and so I'm yes. saying today I'm going to walk yes. in joy and freedom. It's just like this weekend when my flight was canceled mm -hmm. Sunday and get off the plane and like 200 and something Delta flights have been canceled. I'm stuck in Atlanta and I had Monday things that, you know, on my to-do list that I needed to get out. I'm some scrambling trying. There's no way out. Finally found a hotel room. I'm spending the night. I don't get out until Monday night. And I was like, okay, Lord, you're sovereign. Mm -hmm. That's not going to steal my joy. And Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I've got a night in a hotel. I will study. I'll get my handout turned into Dana on my little iPad. <laughs> then I called Lindsay and I'd forgotten her kids are on spring break this week and they were planning to go to the Atlanta Zoo yesterday. So they swung by and picked me up at the hotel. I spent the entire day with them, which was a bonus treat. And then got home last night after all. So got to come to Bible study. But you know, it's just like, okay, Lord, in the midst of whatever's going on, we have a choice the moment things happen in our day and they will. Mm, they, they will. will. Yes, Changes yes. to plans, people wounding us, whatever it may be, we are absolutely in control of zero. So if we are fully surrendered to the sovereignty of God and we're trusting that he is good, we say, Lord, you've allowed this. So show me yourself in the midst of it and teach mm -hmm. 
We help me to glorify you. Forgivers are life givers. And that's mm-hmm. what you're choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're choosing yeah. to say, I'm not going to saddle this person with debt or anything. I'm going to choose Cancer culture. Yes. Tyson, cancer mm-hmm. culture. I like that. <laughs> 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 cancer culture. I like that kind of yeah. cancer culture. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, well, ladies, thank you so much. Any words in closing, any words of encouragement to someone who's listening and thinking, okay, that sounds great for you, but you don't know what happened to me? You know, I just am reminded daily of the grace God gives me. So forgiveness is just a willingness mm-hmm. to demonstrate that grace to others, even though, you know, we don't deserve it and maybe they don't deserve it, but yeah. it's not about us. And so it, it goes back mm-hmm. to so many times you've said, you know, dead people don't have rights. And yes. so when we have died to self, I have to learn that every mm-hmm. single day. Deny thyself, take up my cross and daily. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Good word. I would just say, if you can think of anybody that you are not in forgiveness of, don't wait another day. Yes. Like, take care of that today. Don't waste another day on mm-hmm. serving that thing. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't quench or grieve the spirit mm-hmm. because you're really just yeah. harming yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful peace, grace, and growth is tied to obedience. And obedience always precedes the blessing. So choose obedience for our own well-being. Dana, how about you? I think it would be to be very conscious of when, when you can't get your mind off of something, when that person, that offense has Mm -hmm. moved in, to just get before the Lord and say, God, that person doesn't need to be in the place that was designed for you. Because basically that's what's happening. We're letting that person take over the space that the Lord says is mine. And that's Mm -hmm. a sacred place. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've got to hold ourselves accountable. Keep short accounts. Mm-hmm. Good work. And in the fall, as you were just saying that, <laughs> we are going to be studying the blessing. That's right. And I am really excited. We're going to be looking at Genesis 12 through 36. And we're going to see how God has called us to bless us, but he's called us for us to bless others. Mm. And that is a responsibility that he has for us. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do I am going too. forward in the fall. I am too. Blessed to be a blessing. And we want to walk in the fullness of all that that yes. means. Yes. That's awesome. Well, ladies, thank you again for joining us this semester. Thank you for helping us deep dive on specific subjects into the Word of God and find His wise counsel and hope and freedom. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. Dana, would you close us? Yes. Father, thank you so much for your Word. Father, I thank you how it is so applicable mm. to us. Lord, I thank you for this letter that we mm-hmm. study today that Paul wrote to Philemon. Lord, how you used it, how I believe you used it in an incredible way in his life and the life of the church and the life of Onesimus. But God, how you're still using it in lives today. Lord, help us to treasure freedom in you and to not harbor unforgiveness of others. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 The Afterword Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.